So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup, Ha Ha and okay. K. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 5, Episode 3 of Love After Lockup. In this episode, Rick finds out about Radine's girlfriend, Kay, Chance bonds with Taylor's kids, Martell ignores Kayla as he takes a bunch of phone calls when she's driving, Tiffany tells Kevin not to pick her up, Lacey meets with Antoine's mom, Christy, and Indy and Harry try to make nice with his sister so they can continue staying at her house. If you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Things are going okay. I know, as evidenced by us recording a day late again. That's all we sell. It's just... Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. We're sorry about that. Things definitely are crazy. Um, I was just talking to Mr. O about (sighs) students cheating and... Right. And how yeah. that made that that's more work for you. Apparently, anything that goes wrong in the school for teachers is just like right. we found a solution for this and it's for the teachers to do more work. Yeah. <laughs> it's just incredibly frustrating because it's like they should be punished. They cheated. And it's like, oh, no, teachers are punished. You got to come up with an alternate assignment. It's like that doesn't make any sense. Giving no. them an extra chance now that they've cheated. Yeah. But speaking of cheating, let's talk Indian Harry. So, Indy is giving Harry a bunch of reminders of how not to act like an asshole before they go see his sister Lydia. Indy is forcing Harry to apologize to Lydia since they don't have a place to stay, and Harry is technically paroled there. Indy starts off by apologizing for her part in Burgergate and tells Lydia that she wouldn't have that she would have what she would have done to communicate their actions, uh, and then literally in the same breath asks if she can still stay there. Lydia says yes to Indy, but says that her and Harry need to straighten things out before he can stay. Indy leaves the room to go unpack and leaves Harry to talk to Lydia. Harry is still mad because he thinks that everyone should be considerate and consider how he feels and doing everything to make him comfortable because he's the one who is in prison. Harry is already acting defensive and not listening to Lydia. Lydia is trying to explain her side and Harry keeps interrupting her. But then Harry complains when Lydia doesn't let him speak. Lydia just screams out in frustration. Harry says he can't talk and then storms off. Harry takes a moment, then goes back to finish talking to Lydia. Harry says he has no choice but to be there. Lydia tells him, you know, it's fine if you're here as long as you keep it clean, you're respectful, and he also has a 10 p.m. curfew. Harry doesn't think these are realistic expectations. What? Be respectful? (laughs) So he thinks he's going to risk his freedom because he is who he is. Later, Indy drops off Harry at his halfway house bunkie, John's place. Harry tells John that he's not ready to commit and that he actually has a lot to work on. Harry says he's feeling overwhelmed and admits that he talked a big game when he was in prison because he wasn't really expecting to live past 16. He's he was past sixteen when he went to when prison. He went to prison. Makes, I know. No I know. damn sense. He can't do math. He I think he's just like up. I think he's just like, whatever, everything else is house money. I made it to sixteen. Like, doesn't matter. Why would I think well, any minute now, any minute now could happen. Yeah. He also admits to cheating on Indy with someone in the halfway house. He wonders why Indy would even want to be with him. 
Indy doesn't even know he had sex with someone else. Harry doesn't know what to do, but he does have a feeling that makes him just want to run. All right, so Harry has admitted to actually physically cheating on Indy, whereas Indy is so far just aware that he's had maybe some sexy time chats with someone because someone was naked in a video chat. Right. Yeah. So do you think this is going to change Indy's course of action, uh, change her feelings about Harry if she knows that he's actually like physically cheating on her? I actually don't. I don't, I don't think so either. I don't which think is so. so sad. Yeah. It seems that like she just has come to accept that every man in her life, Harry or other, is just going to cheat on her. And that's just sad that she has like put the put the bar so low. Yeah. I mean, it's so low and it's just yeah, it's it's she's definitely at the point where like that's just what men do. They can't help it. They just cheat, which is like Probably what Harry would kind of go in, just say, I'm sorry. Because it didn't take that much when she thought it was emotional, like infidelity or whatever. It didn't take that much for her for, for her to forgive. He And he even said that. He was like, I just kind of like didn't say – I just kind of said I'm sorry like once. And she was like, we're OK. We're back on. Like, yeah. It, and so I, almost, I definitely almost think he is doing this to get out of this relationship too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we've talked about this before. Like sometimes people just don't know how to say that they don't want to be with someone. So their course of action or their game plan is pretty much to be a shitty partner until the other person breaks up with them. Right. And I don't even know in Harry's part that that's a conscious decision because I don't think he's capable – of making conscious decisions. He's just completely impulsive with everything. Plus, you know that if she confronts him, what's Harry going to do? Deny it. I don't know why you don't trust me. This is ridiculous. And he would get mad you? at her. He would turn around yeah. and get mad at her. Because exactly. there's nothing he does like more than getting mad at somebody for doing the thing that he's doing like right then. Like, right. why don't you let me finish? Maybe it's because you interrupted me. Like, that's probably why I didn't let you finish. Yeah. He's just uh, – he's such a terrible human being. Like, I do not like this guy. Oh, and, and, and of of – I would say of the, of the people we've seen, uh, it's two people that I saw in this episode. We'll get to the other one when we get to it. That I was like, oh, this person's 100% going back to jail. Like, they're definitely going back. And he's one of them. Yeah. Because even look at how he talks about everything. He's just like, I'll risk my freedom for that. I, you yeah. can't tell me how to live. It just – I don't I don't get that. I do not get that attitude. I've heard people say it and I was like, but that's not you can think that all you want, but that's just not how life works. And it's you want it to be one way and you fighting it is never going to make it that way. Somebody's going to be telling you how to live like right. that's always the case. Somebody yeah. had to tell you at some point. But like to me and, and the part you want to know that was a one off, kind of a one off thing that pissed me off the most about him. Hmm. Is he was talking to his friend. He was talking about how, you know, everybody in the family should have bent over backwards for yeah. his every whim and comfort because he was the one who, and this is what pissed me off, got his life stripped away from him. It's like, not really. Didn't you basically give Didn't, up your life? Yeah. When you kidnap somebody at gunpoint, I feel right. like that wasn't like totally unfair that they stripped my life away for robbing someone at gunpoint and forcing them to give me the money. Like, like, no, let's, yeah. you can't do that, man. I consider that too. Like he is so quick to play the victim. 
Yes. Like, everyone should consider how I feel. I was the one in prison. Yeah, you were in prison because of something you did that almost everybody in the con- in the world would agree deserves to put you in prison. Right. And I would also say that uh, specifically his family is not enabling him. No. You know, they're kind of like, well, he was in prison for a reason, like when they were talking about it at the dinner. And so it's like they don't feel sorry for him. They, they know don't. what a punk ass he is. No. And it's it's definitely they feel like if you want to reform, if you want to get better, we're here for you. But if you're just going to be like, I can't believe I went through that whole ordeal. And now you guys won't just like give me everything I wanted because it was so hard for me. And it's just like, oh, man, he just can't think past his own nose. He just can't yeah. do it. Yeah, he's just a terrible human being. And I just by proxy, I don't like Indy. Because it's right. like, okay, yeah. it's like she has a one-track mind. And I don't understand why she is so hell-bent on being with this man who's pretty terrible. He doesn't have anything going for him. He's not providing for her. So now, by proxy, she has to be the mooch. And that's so bad, too, because it's not even just her. It's her yeah. and a child. Yeah, yeah. And, and she tried to coach him up so he could give – what I think is maybe the world's literal worst apology I've ever heard of oh, him God, saying, so I don't even really mean this, but I guess I should say I'm sorry. And it's like, well, then it doesn't count, you asshole. Like, what are you doing? I guess I should say the magic words, but you know I don't mean it. You know I wasn't wrong. And she even called him out on it. Lydia called him out. It was like, then it's not an apology. Right. If you're telling me oh, right now that you don't believe the words that you're saying. Yeah. And the only reason why Harry even said anything was just because Indy was forcing him to because she's afraid of being homeless. Yeah. Yeah. And he just can't. He's just so dense. So, you know, his vision is so myopic. I just can't I can't wrap my head around what's going on up there because it's not much. He just he has the impulsiveness of a horny 13 year old. Like and that's that's all it is. Yeah. The most 13-year-olds so, can think farther ahead than him. I'm going to put that out there too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think your prediction is right. Harry's either going back to prison or there is no way that this is this couple is lasting unless yeah. Indy just accepts that she is in a one-way open relationship. That's true. Yeah. That's true. All right. So moving on to the next ones. We're in it so much. So let's go to Kayla and Martell. So after a night filled with surprisingly good sex, Martell is getting busy throwing away all the state-issued clothes that he got from prison. He appreciates that Kayla put her life on hold for him while he was in prison, but not so appreciative that, you know, that he's not so appreciative that they have to get on the road now instead of having another quickie. They're driving on the long way from Mississippi to Alabama. Martell is trying to figure out his smartphone, which, you know, he's going to have lots of practice at because he is a high, according to himself, a high-caliber dude. There's lots of friends that are now hitting him up that he's out. So this starts to frustrate Kayla because she can't even seem to get a conversation started on this long call ride. It's like, so what do you think? Boop, 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 boop. Like every time. <laughs> they start talking about the halfway house and whether he'll be able to get past it. And then his friend called Tay. And it's weird because when this guy Tay called, they played some ominous music. So when he calls, she's like, why don't you put him on speaker? He doesn't see. Why does this happen to be a speakerphone conversation? So she also brings up, you know, maybe we should have a location tracker on our phones. That would be nice. And he's not about that since her lack of trust is her issue, not his. And he's been tracked his whole life. So it turns 
you know, into a fight as they run out of time to visit his mom. So instead of meeting with the mom, they have to meet up with mom and his niece in a parking lot around the corner from the halfway house. Martel says that he has a good relationship with his mom who brought him some seafood Alfredo. Not something I would eat on the go, but okay. His mom, uh, Deidre, is is definitely on Team Kayla because uh, she's shown by her actions that she's looking out for Martel's best interest. But he says that, you know, in prison, it wasn't just Kayla, but there was a whole bunch of people taking care of him. His mom, his family, his friends, and, you know, so oh, oh, also drug dealers that are still active in the streets and some female friends. Oh, God. So – as she drops him off at the halfway house, they both remind us that there's a lot of secrets on both sides of his still. All right. So I'm going to throw my theory out. Tay is totally the dudes he slept with, right? Yeah. Because I was going to say <laughs> that um, it, that's a unisex name, right? So if you just sure. saw it on the phone, you could just play it off like it was the opposite sex or, you know. So, yeah, I definitely think they're both hiding some stuff. And oh, see, my, yeah, I think I'm going to make it clear. My theory is that Tay, his friend Tay, uh-huh. who is a dude, is the dude that she slept with. Oh. And so when she when he said it's Tay, she was like, why don't you put that one on speakerphone? I want to, yeah, like, let's uh, let's hear that one. Like, No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, that's an interesting tin hat theory. Uh, I think that Tay might be a girl. Okay. I yeah. was I was under the impression that it was a guy because I thought he picked it up and was like, hey, what's up, my man? Like, I thought he said something to indicate to me that it was a man. But oh, maybe you're right. I don't know. You know how people are. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. somehow everyone's relaxed when they think it's like, oh, same sex friend. It's fine. Yeah. Which I mean. Well, unless the person is homosexual, yeah. then that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but like if you think that you're heterosexual, then you're like, oh, yeah, same sex friend. Oh, yeah, same sex friend. You're there safe. We go. We're safe. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, need to worry cool. about that. I don't need to pay attention. So, you know, you hear about things all the time, like uh, people saving uh, names, you know, like oh, Ashley well. is now like an Ashton or something. So, <laughs> sure. you know, it's like, oh, you don't have to worry about it. Because I saw I saw that. But it's not even a who's that. But OK. So the other thing, too, is it seems like I guess Martel went to prison before texting was a thing because he's answering his phone the entire time, which strikes me as very weird. Yeah. When did texting get really popular? I I remember I used to be very anti-texting. And it's not that I wouldn't do it. It was one of those things where I never initiated text conversations because I didn't want to have like a all day long, like just conversation with someone, you know, so I just didn't. But I mean, I mean, now I do. But I just Mm -hmm. I know it's because it's People think I'm weird if I were just to pick up the phone and call them. Yeah, I'd be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah, Something must exactly. be wrong. Where's the fire? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, and so, yeah, just it's weird because it is super annoying, too, to have been on a car with somebody who's just like, yeah, I'm going to talk to my friends and they're just going to randomly call me. And then I'm just sitting there silently because it's super awkward. That is one of the most awkward situations i'm in when you're stuck in a car with somebody who's talking on the phone and you're just like "Mm, i can't even turn the radio on to interrupt your phone call i'm just sitting here in silence driving you around listening to have a phone conversation yeah i've had that before i've had situations like where i've been driving around and the person's taking like a work call 
Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, God, you know, but I don't know what's worse, like a work call where you're kind of like, at least you can understand that this is work. Or if the person is completely ignoring your company in the car and like talking it up with their friends. Because I think that's more insulting, right? Because yes, you're just like, is. oh, you'd you'd rather talk to your friend on the phone than me who's sitting right there. All right. right. You couldn't call your friend later. Now you have to talk to all of them right now. And it, it sounded like he got like 50 phone calls, which is crazy to me, too. Like, I don't have I do not know that many people. Well, if you're that still connected into the drug world, like he claims to be. Yeah. They're probably like, well, when are you going to be on the streets? Yeah. Yeah. We can expect you. Uh, you're still kind of getting business, huh? What's going on, yeah. bud? Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, Lacey and Antoine. So Lacey is up to meet Christy, Antoine's mom. Lacey says that she was best friends with Christy, but then things went sour. And now she just wants to clear the air since Antoine's getting released in a week. And if you recall, Antoine and Christy are pretty tight. Lacey says that Christy is fine as long as she's not drinking. And we get a sneak peek of Christy ordering a vodka drink on an empty stomach before Lacey even gets there. Christy invites Lacey to take a shot as soon as she arrives. Lacey says that when they were friends, Christy didn't drink as much. And she thinks that Christy is just unhappy and drinking to deal with all of it. Christy asks what Lacey's intentions are with Antoine, and she says that Antoine is a monster on the streets. Then Christy says that Antoine is lying to Lacey. Lacey kind of gets upset with Christy trying to, you know, scare her off, and she doesn't think that this is being productive, so she gets up to leave. Christy says Antoine will come running back to mommy, and Lacey is dumb as shit. Okay, so do you believe that Christy was you know ever really sober because what caused christie's you know increased uh habit of drinking here as lacy is trying to you know lead us to believe yeah i wonder if it's more like she kind of stumbled into a depression and became less of a happy drunk and more of a sad drunk Mm -hmm. um and a mean drunk like because that's what she was in this one she was just a mean drunk yeah right because she was clearly super drunk like yeah. slurring her words drunk. Like right. she was very, very drunk. And like it, it – so I don't know if she drank any more or l- more as much as she noticed it more because – well, and also sometimes you notice people drinking more when you start drinking less. And yeah. you're like, wait, you're always drunk. Like I didn't notice that because I thought you were just drunk when you were here. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I could see Lacey like being Christy's party friend. Uh-huh. You know, and it, that kind of makes sense, too. I think it goes along with like a timeline of Lacey's unhappy in her marriage with her first husband, you know, sure. because I don't necessarily think it was truly one of those things where, you know, Lacey met Antoine, the love of her life. And so now she has to leave her husband. It was yeah, probably no. more so that she was unhappy with her relationship with her husband, partying with Christy all the time, met Antoine, felt happier when she was talking to him. And that's how that kind of evolved rather than, you know, she's leaving her ex for Antoine specifically. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. I don't – I was very confused because she was so drunk what Christy was even talking about. I don't think she has anything, by the way. Oh, I yeah. I think she's bluffing because she's just like, there's just stuff that you don't even you don't know. You don't even know about. You don't even know. You don't know. even know. It's she's like, well, lying I, to you. I feel like 
if she had stuff, she'd actually say, give specifics about what he was lying about, about what was like. Absolutely. What I think Christy thinks about the situation is that I'm sure Christy thinks like, yeah, there's no way. My son, he's a good looking guy. He's getting girls. He's got to be talking to someone other than Lacey, someone closer to his age, someone hotter than Lacey, something, right? So I think Christy has that in her mind. So mm-hmm. that's why she's just kind of projecting, like, he's lying to you. You don't even know, like, all the other girls involved. Yeah. So you think it's her conjecture, too? Like, it's she doesn't really know either. <laughs> What she's talking about. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know if Christy's completely wrong. I mean, I we don't know really much of Antoine. I haven't even like gotten a vibe because we haven't even met him in Correct. any capacity. Right. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I would just assume that from anyone in prison, right? And it's not even because I necessarily think these prison people are such terrible people. It's just really, they got a lot of time on their hands. You know, one of our favorite inmates. Britney of Britney Marcelino, where you're just like really happy she's turned her life around. It's like mm-hmm. she admits to, you know, talking to a bunch of dudes like when she was in prison, because that's what you do. You don't have you have time on your hands to do all of it. So why wouldn't you? So Right. Yeah. 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 I just it did it, it was it just the whole scene didn't make any sense. And I just chalked that up to that's just drunk talk. Like, she's just, that must make sense if you're completely sloshed. Well, yeah, because the one thing that she did say that didn't make sense to me is calling Antoine a monster on the streets. It's like, are you referring to his criminal history? Are you referring to him? I I don't know. Just being like general whirlwind of trouble? Like, what do you mean by monster on the streets? And it is like... It is a weird thing to take because we have we've seen a lot of people who are like, yeah, we're tired. The parents and the and the, and the um, convicts are usually like, oh man, I tried so hard, it didn't work out. He's he he it's a rough life. The addiction is so hard. Blah blah blah. Some of them were like, I know he's terrible, but I love him. And she's just like, he's a piece of shit. Like, why are you with my piece of shit son? Who's a piece of shit? Like, also, he's yeah. lying to you and I'm on his side. He's going to come crawling back to mommy. But it's like, it was really weird. Yeah, because I thought that they were like uh, really, really close. So yeah. how do you have like such a like a mama's boy? That's definitely the picture Lacey was kind of painting before. Right. Mm-hmm. That Antoine is a mama's boy. Antoine gets Christy to try fix things with Lacey when things aren't going well. So, I mean, you got to be pretty close to your mom to like try to get your mom to like talk to your girl you know and so it just it's weird to me how you go from being mom of a mama's boy to my son is like a monster he's (laughs) just lying to you but he'll come running back to mommy it's like i don't what what's so weird right it doesn't it just doesn't follow it doesn't make any sense (laughs) right so let's move on to something that i guess made a little bit more sense and that's taylor and chance So it is about two hours after the pickup from prison and Chance is still enjoying the air as a free man. He says that he's committed to change now that he's out of prison and has and has someone he wants to change for that being Taylor, of course. They're happy to be together and they both can't remember the word discomfort. They keep saying like uncomfortness. Anyway, 
Chance is pretty confident that the girls, her girls will get along well with him, and she's hoping to have a partner that will make being a mom easier. Then we get a message from Bobby, and that's when we get a little bit of how Chance really feels about Bobby, right? which is more or less that he thinks she's a freeloader, and he won't stand for that when he's living there. He comes in and introduces himself to Bobby as Taylor films their first, I think it was Taylor that filmed the first meeting, Yeah. but they both seem to be very suspicious of each other. So then it's time to meet the girls, which Taylor films vertically, and the three girls jump on him and give him a hug, and then they give him a makeover with nail polish and eyeliner, possibly in the wrong locations. (laughs) So in the commercial segment, the two of them really want to start having the sex, but the girls don't want to go to bed. So he says they tried phone sex while he was in prison, but it was just too weird for him. And apparently doing it in the closet to hide from the kids is not, since that seems to be the solutions they come they come to. <laughs> so the next morning, he's uh, he's very satisfied with how things went last night, and she was satisfied with what he was working with, and that he didn't forget what goes where when he was in prison. Oh, God. So that afternoon, they're going to pick the girls up from school, and Chance is still super excited to do all these things that just feel pretty normal. When they get home, Chance is playing with the girls and inadvertently makes one of them jealous and gets she gets all up in her feelings. It's all very normal playing with kids stuff. Mm. And he does seem to do his best to handle everything. But since the girls are so attached to him, that means, you know, Taylor thinks there's more riding on this um, relationship than it would have been. So then we get the last part where Chance is on the phone with his boss, who's telling him that there are some issues with letting him drive the company car. When they ran his license for insurance purposes, it came up that he had unresolved citations from 2018, which he's very confused about because he was in prison in 2018. (laughs) So it turns out he's working for a plumbing contractor and needs to be able to drive from job site to job site. So not being able to drive the company car and having a suspended license, kind of a big deal. So he and Taylor go online and see what they can find. And that's when some of the familiar problems with trying to have two people use one computer come up. Namely, that there's one keyboard and you're like, no, click there. No, that was the thing. You have to go back. No, that's not what we're looking for. (laughs) So plus the fact that Chance is frustrated and starting to get short. So he's worried that this will cost him his job. But Taylor thinks, whatever, it's just an error. You got your license today. It'll go away in a few days. All right. So I feel like they mostly showed us good chance and they tried to like hint at bad chance a couple times in this segment. And. I don't know. Do you think bad chance is really there or is it them trying to stir up drama? I think it's them trying to stir up drama because to me, that just seemed like normal frustrations, right? Yes. Anyone would be frustrated with those circumstances um, and it seems fine. Do I think that chance has the ability to be bad? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's just I, I just I can sense it. Yeah. Well, they definitely tried to they're definitely trying to play up the contention between him and Bobby. Yeah. I don't want this freeloader hanging around the house in my kingdom. I'm part of the I'm the king of the castle now. Like, you know. And I just don't know how much that's goosed and how much he is really gonna like be hard on her. Right, right. And so I don't know. I think Bobby was being kind of a pain in the butt too, because it's like <sighs> Bobby, like you're just going to sulk in the corner because, I mean, they definitely were trying to make it look like that. They were trying to mm-hmm. make it look like, oh, everybody's sitting around having a nice family dinner. Bobby's in the corner sulking, not joining yeah. them for dinner. Like, she wants no part of this. It's just like, oh, okay. So, <sighs> 
I feel bad for Bobby, but at the same time, this isn't how you win people over by acting like a moody like mess. Right. Yes. And it's not it doesn't help what he thinks of her. Right. right. He's like, I think she's kind of a lump. That's a, I think she's kind of a lazy lump that's not pulling her weight. And it's like, OK, well, I'm just going to go sit over in the corner and not participate. Right. But it's <laughs> actually like, kind of funny, too, because you can see the parallel of how the kids reacted to jealousy to how Bobby acted towards jealousy. Right. The fact that sure. someone is like coming in and taking her place as, you know, one of the caretakers and she's feeling kind of like left out. So what she do? She pouts in the corner. What does that poor child do? Runs away and tries to like hide in the corner because no one wants to play with her. She's jealous. You know, it's just like, oh, my goodness. Y'all both need to kind of grow up and see that that's not accomplishing anything. Although with the whole positive reinforcement thing, it kind of is accomplishing something because the difference between Bobby and the child is that Chance actually went over and gave her attention after she like acted all dramatic. Right. No one's going over and like asking Bobby trying to give her attention. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that, that you do have to wait, watch out for that because that is the next time she wants to play with whether it's like she knows, oh, I know how I can get him to play with yeah. me. This is the way you do it. Yeah. Pout like, in the corner. I just pout, pout in the corner, throw run away, and make a big dramatic exit. Yeah. yeah throw a fit. Cry a it's lot. It's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there are some things going on at that house, though. Like, the room is a mess when they first went Ooh, in. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, oh, goodness. And then the other thing is, it kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit that Chance is so, like, intent on teasing the kids. And, you know, I get that they're just kids, but it's like you wouldn't talk to an adult like that. And I once again, I get that they're kids, but it's almost this weird kind of, like, insult teasing Wait, what, what What specifically did well, he say? Well, he's just calling them shrimp and like kind of like just making oh. fun of them. I mean, he does say some nice things, too. I'm not saying he doesn't. He's like, oh, you're so light. Kids don't get that that is supposed to be somewhat complimentary anyway. So, yeah, and they shouldn't. And it's like, I definitely. Yeah, I, I, I almost always try to avoid. Yeah, making any comments about anybody's uh, kid's body right. at sure. all. Because that's not something they have any control over anyway, right. and it, I don't, and I don't want to send the impression that how I would be judging you is based on <laughs> sure. the way your body looks. Right, right. So I don't know. It, it may just be his inexperience with kids, but it's just like, oh sure, gosh, you're sure. going to be that annoying uncle that just kind of makes fun of the kids, you know, and he thinks that everybody loves it, but really, like their feelings mm-hmm. are inadvertently hurt at some point. Right, right. I don't know. The the one that drove me that, I don't know, frustrated me at the end was Taylor when he was trying to deal with his license thing. Yeah. And she was just like, whatever, it'll take care of itself. And it's like, Not are really. you sure? No. I don't think it is going to <laughs> take care of itself and just go away. Yeah, you're like, like that's not he's a like, thing. It wasn't, it wasn't like something that like you you might – you're probably going to get it resolved. And I agree it probably will get resolved. But not without you intervening. Like, you have to actually do something to get it resolved. Yeah. The license has already been suspended. Like, you have to get it reinstated. Right. And, and it was obviously a mistake of some of something. It's not like he actually has moving violations from when he was literally in jail all year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. So- oh, you know what, though? Mm-hmm. I did hear one 
extra piece. I saw one, I don't know if it was a rumor to go, but remember we talked about how Chance so good at flirting that he just talked his way into robbing a bank? Oh, I think you mentioned this last week. Did you find out more information on it? You said he had a gun, right? Yeah, yeah, he said that was one of the words he used in his flirting was, I have a gun. Please give me the money out of the city. Oh, God. Did he actually have a gun or was that just something he <laughs> no, said? No, he just said he did. He just said he did. Okay. <laughs> but no, but that's, that, that's the way bank tellers are trained. If someone says they have a gun, don't like make them pull it out and show it to you. Just like, okay, here's the money. I feel like and then, that is, I don't know, a lesson of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> How to rob a bank. I don't know. Well, obviously not get away with it, though. So. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, so uh, let's move on to Rick and Radine. So Rick has his goggles and his mask, and he's ready to pick up Radine because she's getting furloughed for the holidays. Rick is going to pick her up from the halfway house and take her to her parents' house for Thanksgiving dinner. Rick is a little worried about them being in different headspaces, but he's envisioning dating for a couple months, then living together for a couple years, and if she hasn't fed him to the pigs yet, then marriage and kids. Rick meets Radine at the door of the halfway house, and he doesn't have to wait long, and they hug and kiss. Radine feels secure in Rick's arms, but she's not so comfortable having him stick his tongue down her throat. Radine starts to run down her rap sheet, including attempting to stab her brother, a high-speed car chase, oh, and a little meth. While in the car, Radine's crotch starts ringing, and she really digs in there to answer a call. Cell phones are contraband, so that's where she has to hide it. But she picks up uh, and she picks up and has a brief talk ending with an I love you with the mystery person. Radine claims to not be telling Rick everything. Radine tells Rick that it was Kay on the phone who was Radine's bunkie and Rick knows all about their hookups. Radine then tells Rick that she's dating Kay. Rick is kind of confused, says he's okay with introducing women into the bedroom, but it's got to be him at the end of the day. Radine says, well, Kay isn't going anywhere. Rick says Kay could be around, but says that he's not Polly and he's not going to start a family with another person in the picture. He's disappointed because they've been making plans for five years now. He's hoping that Radine will forget about Kay after dinner so they can get down to business. They get to Radine's parents' house where she's greeted at the door by her brother Thomas and she reunites with her mom and, or stepmom and her dad. Radine tells her mom that she has a lot of love for Rick, and but she just doesn't want to rush anything. She's planning on spending the night with Rick. She's going to video chat with Kay later so the family can meet her. Kay video calls from prison and meets her family. Her dad says, uh, her dad, Ray, says that she's very pretty. Rick is surprised that the whole family knew about Kay, but never said anything to him about it. Rick thinks that this is a major red flag. All right. So what do you think Radine's parents think is going on? Do they know the whole story? Do you think they think something else is happening? Uh, hmm. Do you? I don't know. I, I don't know. They clearly know who Kay is, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'm not. There really wasn't all the evidence to provide that they know that Kay is actually a girlfriend and not just like her BFF. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm not can't be certain that that's what it is. But I don't know the way his family kind of goes. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just like 
no, go with it, dad. I, I'm, I'm dating this K and I'm also dating this dude and whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, just I'm doing whatever. YOLO. Because that's what she is. Yeah. Like, she's YOLO. Yeah. And I think that she also has this attitude like, well, me and K, like, she's my number one. Either take it or leave it. You don't like it. There's the door. She very much has that kind of attitude. And she doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be too hurt by the idea of him leaving, which does not bode well for poor Rick. Uh, no. But I think her parents, I don't know. It was weird because I think they do have a decent relationship with Rick. And so I would think that, you know, they might have mentioned something to him about it. Maybe just even in passing, like, oh, have you met Kay or something like that, right? If they mm-hmm. really thought it was, like, innocent enough and everybody was on board. But I I don't know what what their what their angle is, to be honest. But I, it seems like yeah. they like Rick. It does. But I just think they're like – I think there's been so much drama and stuff with Radine that even very weird situations to them are just like, all right, we'll roll with that. Yeah. Okay, you're seeing this guy. He's going to be around. Okay, that's cool. We're friendly people. We can get along with him. That's fine. No problem. Yeah. You know, it's just like it, they just get that so much because I mentioned before, like, you know, there were two people that I'm pretty sure are going back to prison. She's the other one. Oh, God. Like, yeah. And it's just because she literally says, whatever, I'm wild and I'm not going to change. And it's like, well, then you're going to end up exactly where you were before. <laughs> like that. We saw how that worked out. Like, right. And that's going to happen again. Yeah. I just – I wonder, too, a little bit if uh, Ray, uh, Radine's dad, is like, well, I don't really like the idea of someone my age dating my daughter. That's gross. So, whatever. Like, if she's screwing him over, no big deal. I'm not going to say or do anything about it. Yeah, because I feel like if, if Rick, like, put him on it, they're going to be like, well, that wasn't our place to tell you anything about that, buddy. Yeah. Like, You're a grown-ass man. You can figure this shit out yourself. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know what you wanted from us. I mean, I was definitely confused on Rick's timeline because he's old. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, we need to wait a few years. Before. I thought it's that like was the opposite too. of what most people are yeah. doing, too. They're like, he's like, whoa, we got to pump the brakes on this. I want to be at least 65 before we start having I kids. I know. <laughs> I was just like, okay, mm, sure, whatever you say, Rick. Yeah, I don't know. It just – she didn't seem all that comfortable with him. Already, yes. and so that's definitely not boring. But well. the thing was, is I got that only because of her interview. When she greeted him, she seemed to be genuinely happy. Like if I were him, I would have just thought, oh, maybe she's just nervous or something. But she didn't seem disgusted by him in any way, or even that hesitant. Right? I would have taken it as mostly positive. But then when she tells us. Oh, I didn't like how he's trying to stick his tongue down my throat. Like, to me, that's like, ooh, there's a little bit of contempt there, I feel. Yeah. And what she did give the, what are you doing? Stop that. Like, she did tell him something like that, like, when it went off. But it was like, oof. Yeah. I I mean, also, it was the part where she was like, you know, I've done a little bit of math. And I was like, a little bit of math? God. (laughs) I know. She has some I feel like I can tell what you've done. A lot of bit of math. Yeah, because I was going to say that um, in all of her pictures, she's a very pretty girl, but I realized afterwards that she wasn't really smiling with teeth in her pictures, Mm. right? Yeah. So then when she smiles, you're just like, ooh, meth mouth. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's like, oof. 
that's that's that that that's a tough one for me. Yeah. The meth mouth is very uh very very off putting. Yeah. But what I don't understand is you can fix that, right? Well, you're not gonna fix it right after prison. No, you I mean you fix it by getting dentures. Okay. Like like you you your teeth are done. Yeah. Like it, they don't come back. Right, right. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. It's funny to me. I wonder if people who are former addicts, if that's important to them, right? I wonder, too. Because yeah, to know. me, I would be like, uh, okay, priority number one in my life, fix my teeth. I don't need other people sure. judging and, like, I don't know. But maybe that's how you identify each other and maybe there's something <laughs> about that. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. but Because I would very much be like, oh, no, I would need those fixed immediately. Yeah. Like, I, I – that would, you're right. That would be priority like number one for me. Right, right. All right. So anyway, let's go to people who definitely have varying priorities. And that's uh, Kevin and Tiffany and apparently new guy. So oh, gosh. Kevin is pouring himself a stiff drink and smoking cigarettes because he doesn't know how or why Tiffany's release got changed. Then he gets a call from Tiffany admitting that, yeah, she did get into trouble and now she's on a, she was on a disciplinary hold. So after 24 hours in her cell without a phone or internet access, she's just now able to contact Kevin and let him know, but she still should be released to the halfway house in a few days. He asked what she did to get in trouble, and she was caught having sex with her girlfriend. God. That's all well and fine for Kevin, because in his opinion, when it comes to sex, the more women, the merrier, as long as he's the only dude. So this is actually the first time he's heard her about having a girlfriend in there and doesn't know if it's... You know, just a prison thing or if she's always like that and she's, you know, bi on the outside too. So later on, Kevin is hanging out at a cigar bar with his friend Brady and telling him what's going on. At, at this point, she's already been at the halfway house and she's saying that, you know, she, she's about to leave and she doesn't want him to pick her up when she gets out. Brady's confused because she seemed when he talked to her or met her or kind of heard of her or whatever, since she was really into this relationship. But Tiffany says, whatever, I just have another ride, and they suspect it might be one of her exes. So then we com- we switch to a completely different bar 13 miles away where some random guy, new guy, is playing pool. His name is Curtis, and he's the one that's going to pick her up. He says he met when they were 19, and they never dated, although his body language makes it seem – and his uh, language language makes it seem that he definitely has a total crush on her. <laughs> He says that she was the popular girl in school that he chased after and he kept going – she kept the chase going and he enjoyed keeping the chase going. So anyway, he says that before she went away, she kind of ghosted him and it popped up again with a totally new Facebook. All, all while this was going on, you know, we're switching back and forth to the two rooms. Brady and Kevin decide that what he should do is drive down there to see who does pick her up. And then in an interview, his friend Brady is like, yeah, that's going to be a total shit show. And – uh I'm bad looks at the previews. It certainly is. <laughs> so, I mean, it. I will say this. It does seem like she has a type. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think the other guy looks better than Kevin, to be honest. Kevin looks a little rough. Kevin has the, yeah, Kevin doesn't open his mouth when he talks, yeah. which is tough. Yeah. I, I don't even think that's what it is for Kevin. I think his skin just skin. kind of looks like... It looks very rugged, which I'm sure is a, a sure. look and a type. But to me, it's just like, oh, I feel like you've spent a lot of time in the sun without any sunblock. Without any, any sunblock, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's just aged him a bit. So to me, he just looks a little rough around the edges, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's just they, they seem very similar. And it's like 
she just seems like she just likes stringing dudes along. Like, that seems like her MO. Yeah, well, okay, my question is, like, how was Kevin going to, you know, pick you up? How long ago difference is this? Like, a couple weeks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how was Kevin, like, the guy a couple weeks ago, and now you got a new guy? Right, but she's still talking to Kevin like he's the guy. It's right, just like, I don't want I'm, you to pick me up. I'm sure the other guy was, like, you know, was the guy, like, talking to him, too. But it's just, like, I don't understand how you, like, all of a sudden switch within two weeks. It's not like you saw any one of them to yeah. have changed your mind. Yeah, and it's so not that's like, what confuses me. It's not like this is a new guy that you just, like, ran across or happened to come across. Or pro- right. It was just like, huh, who was that guy who had a crush on me in high school? I'm going to get back in touch with him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it just seems like she just switched her number one, like, with very little notice, and that's yeah, weird. for real. Yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, she's trouble. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, I that's not going to deter Kevin. I mean, look at Kevin no. and his ex. Yeah. He cannot be deterred. Yeah, no, he's going to stay no matter how crazy they are. And, like, definitely, I w- he seems like the kind of guy that if you're, like, tell him I don't want you, he's going to be like, that can't be right. We're going to prove that wrong. We're going to fix that. What frustrates me about Kevin is this is the guy who goes around like, you know, trying to date other girls and saying, I don't like drama in my life. It's like, "Mm, okay, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like trying to play it off like, oh, yeah, there's all this drama in my life, but not because I want it there. I don't like drama. It's like, "Mm, I think you play your part. Yeah, I think he does. I mean, he's a, he's definitely an instigator and he – yeah, he, he enjoys the drama because, because because of that other girl that's around. Like she's around right. and he just keeps her around even though she's endless drama. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. All right. So I think we have seen everyone this week. That's right. Everybody was in All there. Right. We saw everybody. So we're, we're just getting started with this group. Okay. So uh, who was your student of the week? Uh, my student of the week was Chance – um, okay. You know, I think they're they're trying to play up a little like, ooh, he has a dark side. But I mean, and really, he was he was happy. He had one snafu that he got mildly frustrated over, and he played with kids the whole time. So, yeah. like, come on. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so my student of the week was Lacey, uh, okay. simply because I felt like she had a good idea of what was going on. She didn't seem to engage in any arguments with uh, Christy. Even though that could have been very easily, you know, she could have engaged in an argument because Christy was ready to be argumentative. Yeah, that's Uh, true. She just kind of stood up and walked away and, you know, didn't make a big deal out of it. So, yeah. All right. So how about your dunce? My dunce was Tiffany. Just I don't know what she's doing. It's a stupid game and it's definitely a game, whatever it is. Like, oh, no, I'm going to bring this guy and make this guy jealous and do this other thing because – does she really think he's not going to come down to the halfway house being like, no, that's all right. I got somebody else to pick me up. Oh, but God, I'm not telling know, right? you who. I just got a ride. Like, I think she knows very well what she's doing. And she's uh, like stirring the shit and wants to make drama and just wants to play with these boys. Yeah, because if she really was concerned about concealing her other relationship, she would have lied and been like, oh, I'm not getting released that day. Yeah, which we've seen in the show before. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, okay, uh, my dance is Harry. I mean, that was not even an apology. He's getting mad at his sister yelling at her. 
you know, and then it comes out that he cheated for real on Indy. He's just lying to her, saying that he wants to be in a relationship when he really doesn't. He's just a terrible human being and making dumb decisions left and right. Yeah. Yeah. So Harry got my life lesson, too. And that's just why won't you let me finish is not an argument. <laughs> like to anything, it doesn't move the conversation along. It no. doesn't. Like, it's a stall tactic. It's a stall tactic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because you're making more of a more of a deal about the interruption than the interruption even caused in the first place. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So my uh, life lesson is directed at Bobby mostly, but I guess it applies to children as well. Uh, if you're unhappy with something, communication, like pouting off in the corner somewhere, uh, hoping that someone notices and feels sorry for you and does something to make you feel better is not a productive or effective way of uh, you know, being good in a relationship. So, yeah, yeah. you, you got to express your needs if that's if they're not being met. I guess it depends on your family, too, because I like <laughs> went to my parents on Sunday after I had too much on Saturday and like everybody immediately was like, is there something wrong? You seem out of it. And I was like, it's no, it's OK. It's fine. <laughs> At that point, you should have been like, I'm hungover. <laughs> and then it was. Yeah. And then at some point, my sister was like, did you go out last night? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> and they're like, oh. <laughs> oh, we get it. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Sounds good. Uh, we will be back with this group because we're just getting started next week. Uh, we should have it released, I think, on a Monday. It yes. Seems like I think next week we got that's it planned entirely out. Entirely yes. possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Until then. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>